0: We'll mm-hmm. Me And how uh, much she offered us um, listeners to her story. Um, It's very generous and very brave, and I appreciate it. A couple things to note. Robin talks very softly, and I do not, so there's a contrast in that. And I'm not much of an editing with, so I didn't even bother with it. So um, bear with me on that one. Um, But otherwise... Itself is, I think, a testament to what I hope this podcast can do and uh, does. I'm giving a chance for folks in this community uh, here in Elwood and around Elwood to uh, tell their story and to connect with someone else through their story. Um, So, again, I'm grateful for Robin for doing that here with me. uh, And thank you for listening. Enjoy this conversation with Robin. I always like to think like there's always something unique about each guest about their relationship to the podcast and I think yours is probably um you're the person I know the least of anyone I've had on so far which is exciting for me because I love meeting new people it might be a little terrifying for you I don't know yeah um but uh so I think but yeah so I just came up with some things but we can kind of talk about whatever um because I came I think the first time we met was when you came to uh, Random Draw Doubles one Saturday morning at the Edge Course with Sam. And you were selling uh, the little epoxy minis that you'd made. Yeah. Uh, it was a Birdie Boy Boutique. Is that it? Yeah. Uh, so, yeah. So, had you played disc golf when you started making those?
1: Yeah. At that point, I had for a little bit. Um I would probably say I started in like June-ish. Yeah. Of Las Playing L- or making those? P- playing. Playing. Yep. And um I just have always kind of had an entrepreneur spirit to me. Yeah, you're and, a hustler. Yeah, yeah. A little bit. Yeah. And um so I'm like, man, I-, I wanna like do something supportive for Sam. I wanna like do kind of my own independent hustle Mm -hmm. but I think like we could do it together because he's really creative too yeah and so he's been like a really big part of like the vision and like a part of the creative aspect and I'm kind of like bringing in the technical side of the business yeah like I got us the domain. Like
0: we have a .com. You have a .com. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah, I, super cool. Yes, I love having. I have a .com as well, and I love. I love. Yeah, mine's your buddy tigob. I love it. Um, my never ending quest to become a professional friend. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. But, uh, yeah. So that's exciting. So is it birdie com? Yeah. That's awesome. So glad that was. Uh, yeah. And so how's that? how let me see where should we start with that i want to think about like i have no idea how you even make them um is it i'm guessing in some sort of mold
1: yep so really um we're using silicone molds <clears throat> that you'd find like uh in the baking and pastry mm-hmm. section of, like, yeah. yeah and um we're using those and we try to like play around with what we like and what we think others will like in terms of the thickness of it and um just like the color schemes and we obviously have kind of scoped out our competitors like other people kind of doing it yeah yeah so we want to do something different and that's where like the glass comes in
0: from the Elwood disc golf course yeah Yeah.
1: and um we're both like really into nature and um and both of our journeys like in life Sam and I have been a bit of like you know, kind of a hippie uh-huh. soul, and so we both really like that we're taking up the glass that is like, you know, like can cut you. I mean, yeah, it's a cool yeah. element to the course, but yeah. also taking it like makes us feel good, and, like cleaning it and like picking really cool pieces. And we just have so many ideas, and like I've made jewelry with the um, with the glass. Yeah, that's too. awesome.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think. It's so funny that that glass there is such a funny thing because if you look at like uh, DG Course Review, which is one of the big uh, like review websites for courses, or um, the UDISC website, uh, when you look at the, the Elwood course, people are either they either take the this place is awesome, it's amazing, it's weird technical course, oh, by the way, it has a lot of glass, or it's there's shit ton of glass oh by the way it's kind of a cool course so it's funny how like for some people it's like the thing that they worry about and that like marks the course yeah. and for some it's um it, it's like an afterthought and for i'm definitely of the because i know the whole story and i you know i was uh, i was playing back when that course was built i mean when uh the first time i ever played that course it was a nine hole wow. um yeah and so It was, what was it, it was 1 through 7, and then you went out and you played, or no, 1 through 6, and then you went out and you played uh, what is now 16, 17, 18, and that was the first 9. And so, and I know the story, of course, is that that was the part of the city dump. Yeah. And so then, you know, whatever, almost 100 years or 50, 60, 70 years go by, and uh, it's woods, and... And I I think, I look at it like, this is a miracle. Like, this is, that this thing exists here? Yeah. That's my perspective, and that's how I choose to see the world. Um, so I kind of feel bad for the people who um, are, like, that's the first thing they latch on to, and, like, that just stresses them out. And yeah. it's like, well, it's not, that's not going to change anything. It's going to be glass no. all over the course. But, but I. But I, what it, you are doing is even more, like, grab it by the horns because you're like taking it and doing something with it, and it's kind of in a weird way honoring that dysfunction of the course. Yeah. Um. And I really like that. Um. I remember. Yeah, I saw one where you, with that first day you were out there, you like had made in the in the mini. It looked like it was like a tree. Yeah. I think. Yeah. And using brown and green glass and that. Yeah. And that's just. A really cool way to do it, Um, and I like too that you're like um, working. You're 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 still in like the experimental stage. Like what size, what materials, what? But that as your core element is really cool.
1: Yeah, thank you.
0: Yeah, Um, is have you made any recent discoveries with with the birdie boy stuff? That's exciting. That you could tell me about.
1: Um, no, not. Like, in a huge way, just that um, we reach people of, like, all over. We've sold, not to too many people, but uh-huh. we've sold to, like, people in Oregon, California. That's exciting. So other people are appreciating it, at least, and that makes me feel good. Um, and, you know, I guess with all of my major responsibilities, I don't want to press so much, like, the creative juice out of it. Yeah. So we are kind of just flowing with it too. Yes. But we did make some last night.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And what a fun thing to be able to do with your partner. Yeah. And, and to be able to, um, yeah, it's such a good activity. Yeah. Um, to do together, and the fact that it could make money, and the fact that it, yeah, is for disc golf and all these good things and can reach people that's a bonus but at the core of it it's the thing like the first thing you mentioned about it was like it's something that we could do together that brought you know and i think yeah. that that's really fun um well also i'm just so fucking glad to see you out at the disc golf course because um, anytime it and it's obviously not in a creepy way because it's like i i know sam and i love sam sam's watching disc golf in my living room right now like uh (laughs) it's not in that way where it's like ooh a a woman you know it's not like that uh though sometimes in disc golf honestly it does feel like (laughs) like i've seen three women in the last year at a disc golf course and but that's our fault but anyways uh and pointing to guys but um but it is exciting when a gal gets the bug and start, and gets the courage to come to the league. Because that... Yeah. Uh, yeah, what were your feelings the first day you, you decided to go to Handicapped Singles League? So you've been playing for a while. Yeah. But you never really... You play mostly with Sam. Yep. And then all of a sudden, here's... Come to the league and there's 30... I mean, you're obviously only playing with a couple people on the card besides Sam, but... Yeah. Um, it's still like... Your score is on UDisc. We talked about this before. Your score is on disk and it's like... Yeah, and you're crossing people. I saw you hit that awesome shot that one time. You know, like stuff like that. So,
1: uh, well, I would say, okay, the first thing is um I only had to kind of introduce myself and meet one other person, I think Austin. Uh-huh. Um Yeah, I Austin hope. Jones. Hope, yeah, yeah. I'm mad with names, but I totally remember his face, yeah, yeah. Um, and Gabe was on that car, oh, yeah, you know, so Gabe I've as well. played, yeah, I've played with Gabe Starcher, so I'm like, okay, cool, like, and we're all around the same age, too, yeah, like, yeah, maybe a little bit, yeah, so I felt like pretty at ease there, but I will say, like, the first couple of holes i was like shaking on the tee pad yeah um but after that i felt like nah, it's okay
0: was it shaking like nerves or shaking like
1: probably adrenaline adrenaline yeah, yeah
0: that's what uh you're like exposed right in a certain way <laughs> yeah. right where and that's how i always feel when i've i i've just had to get to the point where i'm just like i don't even care i don't even care anymore um but it takes a while and i imagine I don't want to speak for you but like as a woman coming into that situation it it's probably also has its own nerve-wracking qualities to it.
1: Heck yeah cuz like I'm all the time thinking like I got it. and that's been my whole life, right? Cuz like I was in the military, I was raised by my grandfather. There's always been like this masculine element of okay. like not necessarily like hardcore competition, but like hey keep up like hey yeah you gotta do this like hey what's your next thing like yeah that's kind of always been my so um, you're
0: used to kind of being the lady in the room
1: yeah, in a lot of ways yeah for sure and with this golf um me never having played any sport oh i'm like Wow, and I really do have to keep up because all I have are like these yeah. men around me. Yeah. I don't have anything else to compare myself to, yeah. except for like professionals that we watch, you know. Uh huh. And even then, it's like I'm not a professional. The gap is so huge,
0: right? Yeah. Where it's, I mean, I'm the same way when I watch the men. I'm like, this isn't giving me <laughs> anything. I don't throw like this. I can't throw yeah. six hundred feet. Um, but I was actually thinking of you. I I saw uh, so there's this. Organization that's spreading now uh, called chicks chasing chains. Yeah. Have you heard of this?
1: Yeah Sam He was actually telling me about it.
0: Okay, so normally they meet on Fridays They're like normally they cancel tonight because of that yeah. but um, I can introduce you to a couple of the gals. I know three of the gals in that um, and two of them are Anderson one's Indy and they kind of just rotate to different courses a lot of Indy area and they play on Friday nights, and it's like $5, super cash, and it's women mm. only. Yeah. And I just saw efforts like that um, have me really excited. They have yeah. they had a, a women's global event uh, where they tried to get as many women, and they had 3,200 women worldwide played disc golf at one time. Like, wow. Like, all spread out. Um, That's actually a lot. Yeah. And so... Uh, those efforts are amazing, but but I'm one of the things I'm always I, I think about, and I don't always know what to do because again, I don't want to be that guy who's like, let's get more women out here, mm-hmm, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't want to be that creep, but I do want to like, how do we get more women out here? That is interesting. That's an um, and so what do you, as a woman who's has started playing disc golf more and going to leagues and stuff like that, and being out on the course, uh, what? Well, I don't want to focus on negative behavior, so let's focus on positive. What are behaviors that you've seen that make you feel more welcomed, that Mm -hmm. make you feel um, like you want to come back, Um, stuff like that?
1: Yeah, actually, um, you know what? I think the disc golf community in general has like a certain vibe or attitude or Mm -hmm. just kind of like a moral code. It attracts a certain type of male, and I can't speak for every individual, but it seems like overall, it's a type of men that are, you know, just really trying to go out there and um, use it as a form of exercise to get away, like a stress reliever. I haven't really encountered any creepy stuff, and that in itself has made me feel like I belong.
0: That's Because I don't
1: feel any threat or yeah, um, yeah. anything like that. And so I can focus on the sport itself. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I also think that, if, like, I talk to my clients at work about mm-hmm. this, like, pretty much all of them. About massage therapists? Yeah. Okay. I talk to them all about disc golf.
0: <laughs> nice.
1: And a majority of them haven't heard of it.
0: I know, isn't that crazy? So, yeah. Because it's so big in our lives, it's so prominent that sometimes when people are like, what is that? Is that like, someone thought it was pickleball. Someone thought I was talking <laughs> about pickleball and I was like, that is way different. <laughs> I get when people no. confuse it with Ultimate Frisbee. That yeah, ma- right. I That's get that. That's a big that. one. That's a that big one. That makes sense. Okay, yeah. No, it's not like, it's, yeah, it's like Ultimate, but no, it's like this, you know. But when people are like, like pickleball? No, not like pickleball. Um. <laughs> yeah, it is funny uh yeah and i um well that's good i'm glad you feel welcomed i i do think that yeah i think if there's ever any sort i think a lot of maybe the problem is like it's also the type of people it attracts is and it's, especially on the men's side are outsider types a lot of folks like especially yeah. the elwood course the especially when that first got put in it brought a lot of people who had who had been struggling with addiction, yeah. people who'd been struggling with the law, people who couldn't keep their grades up to play sports in high school. Yeah. Like people like that. Um, you know, for me, my mental illness and my mental health, well, it's yeah. been huge for that. So so sometimes it might bring some creepy people just in the fact that they're outsiders and they're socially awkward, but not right. like right. Uh, but I think what you're seeing, and you probably see it better than I do because I get defensive
1: yeah. uh,
0: on behalf of you and others. Of like uh, making sure everyone feels welcome, yeah. Um, and yeah, and so
1: and we as women like love that because well, yeah, it's really important.
0: Yeah, you know, like when I when you came out there, like I wanted to make sure I said like, "Hey, I'm Tyler," Not, yeah. you know, because I feel like sometimes when people bring their gal pal, they don't that people don't introduce themselves to them yeah. or like talk. Or, like, I don't, if I have a question for you, I'm not going to ask Sam.
1: Yeah. And you know?
0: And it's like, I'm going to ask you. Yeah. And so people, and so people are still, le- like, learning how to do that, I guess. I guess it's, I don't know. I don't want to judge people. But I'm just, like, it does, I get it why women are, like, nah, that's like, looking at, like, 30, like, dudes that look like this, look like me, standing under a gazebo, and they might be, like, Maybe not that group. Maybe that's not my type of people. You know, and I get that for a group. Yeah. But I'm glad you feel... I certainly am so glad that you feel welcome there. Um, What have you learned about yourself um, through playing disc golf?
1: Well... <clears throat> what I already know is I'm a perfectionist.
0: Oh, well, that's tricky. That's but tough. But
1: that's, that's what I think disc golf is helping me with.
0: Oh, interesting.
1: Yeah, so I'm coming into it with this like very perfectionist attitude uh-huh. and like way of life, but that's what messes up your whole game once you start. Yeah, feeding into that and so yeah me just realizing that like look there were all these factors going on when you threw that and we're like hey like it just happens yeah like yeah. sometimes it just does that
0: zoom out right you gotta yeah. zoom out and see the broader picture i love that um yeah well and then it's like in disc golf what is perfection is an ace perfect because well, that's gonna happen mm, yeah. i've been playing for 12 years and i have 14 so it's like oh, wow. that doesn't happen a lot.
1: That's a lot, though. Well, what nah. Mean? I, that's You so ask awesome. your boyfriend; I
0: guarantee he has way more. And um, and you know, and but even people who have hundreds, a hundred. Yeah. If you had a hundred, it's still not. You're getting what a couple a year. So it's like that's not perfection. Birdies is that par? Is all par perfection? I don't. So it's like, it's yeah, kind of about like readjusting your scope, right?
1: Yeah. Um, true.
0: Which seems like something you're interested in, anyways, Always. based on yeah. th- on things, yeah. Uh, so I didn't know about the military thing. I think somehow I missed really? that. Yeah, somehow in my in my very lazy research, I <laughs> uh, I missed it. What branch were you in?
1: Yeah, so I was in the Army National Guard. Okay. Um, awesome. I'm, thank you. No, no problem. Um, I enlisted when I was 17.
0: Wow. You were still in high school?
1: Yep. I was a junior. Um,
0: I didn't even know you could M. do that.
1: Yeah. Um, so you're able to enlist when you're 17. And at the time, I'm sure they still have it, but mm-hmm. it was called the split option. Okay. So I um, went ahead and did that. And I, my MOS was 42 Romeo, which is musician. So I played clarinet.
0: Wait, you played clarinet in the Army National Guard? Yeah. Okay.
1: Yeah, so that's what I did.
0: That's amazing. Like in the band. Yeah. Amazing. I always forget. <laughs> Who was I talking to the other day? I was like, I, we were talking about like, if you could do it over. Oh, it was my buddy Zach. And we we're like, if you could do it over, would you, what other option, routes would you have gone? And I was like. There's part of me sometimes that wishes I had done some sort of military, and, and I said something like, but I wouldn't have done, like, the combat thing. I would have tried to weasel my way into something that is a little more loosey-goosey, that's a little, like, fun. More yeah. fun, I guess. I, I don't want to assume your Seriously, experience. Seriously, no. But, but... I had to go you, to
1: basic training, of course. You did. So I did do that after my junior year. Yeah. I came back, and really, that's where my life kind of, like, went a little weird, um, because... I ended up getting married to someone I met in the military. Okay. And um, we both came from kind of like weird backgrounds and like dysfunctional. Okay. um, Neither of us were...
0: It's not a winning combo. No, because neither
1: of us were conscious. Yeah. Neither of us like had any clue of like, oh, here's... Uh, things I've been through and here's how it's affected me and um, here's how I (laughs) need support moving forward you know like none of that it was just kind of like
0: yeah I got married at 20 and it was the same way and it was just like I've been married twice too by the way but uh uh but it was yeah it was like the first one was one of those like my my mental health symptoms started kicking my bipolar symptoms started kicking in when I was in my early 20s yeah. And we've been married a couple of years and she just was like, I don't know what to do about this. Like yeah. you're not prepared. And so she was just like, peace. Right. And, and I was like, I don't, I don't it like her at all. You, you know? And it's just funny how like, I always sit around like, who let me get married at 20? <laughs> That's like, you know, like, who, like there were people who didn't say anything. And it's just like, yeah, cause you, like you said, I love that you weren't conscious of yet. And in the way that is, um, yeah. but anyways, i'm sorry, I think I kind of hijacked your story um i'm oh, sorry uh so playing clarinet in the yeah. in the army national guard so what so the army national guard is that the is that the two weeks a what's the the thing they always say two yep. weeks a year a, one week in a, one weekend weekend a month. month two weeks a year yep. something like that
1: yep
0: um yeah and so it's same way with that's the same schedule for clarinet players did you play in, you played like clarinet in the band, I'm assuming?
1: I did, yeah. I played from, you know, like middle school on. I did marching band and everything. You
0: were a Paula Simmons
1: yep. disciple? Yeah.
0: Maybe disciple's not the correct word, <laughs> but but you were a Paula Simmons. Uh, my aunt is Cindy Tyner, if you remember Cindy. Yeah, she was around. really? That, that's my aunt. Yeah. That's awesome. So, so Cindy married my Uncle Ted, who's since passed away, uh, but Ted was Ted Tyner. And so my grandpa was Fred Tyner who owned this house that we're in.
1: Okay. So cool. it's
0: all connected. <laughs> like it always wow. is. Yeah. Um so I'm very familiar. I wasn't myself in the band, uh, but I was but I'm very familiar with Paula and the band life. Um yeah. so yeah, so you just ramped it up a notch though. So you went from Paula Simmons to military band. Um Uh yeah, looking back what so how long did how many years were you in that?
1: I was only in two, um, two? just because <clears throat> that second year that I was in, um, that's kind of when I was diagnosed with PTSD. Okay. And so, um, yeah, I was honorably like medically discharged. Yeah. But yeah.
0: So okay, that, well, I'm glad to hear that they that they were understanding of of those because mental illness sometimes. And uh, and mental health sometimes doesn't get the most respect in that way. Yeah. You know, they'll they'll cut you out for you know something with your leg, but when it comes to your brain, it's like
1: yeah,
0: too bad. It's like, well, my brain is a large part of my body. No, it's seriously, the most. Yeah. In- well, that's something that you seem to have understood uh, well. That sometimes I miss that connection with people from what I lived in Austin, Texas for six years. So I, I was like in the liberal city, the open-minded city. Right. And so connecting with people like yourself who understood like consciousness and who were open to that. uh, We don't always get that as you know, around here. Um, But that's one of the reasons why I like to talk about it on podcasts and out with friends and to open them up to that. When was your, uh, when did you kind of start realizing that consciousness was a thing and it was important and this kind of opening? When did when did you start realizing that? Mm-hmm. Was that related to the PTSD diagnosis? You think?
1: No, actually, I yeah. think I still <clears throat> at that time didn't understand things uh, in a full perspective. Sure, I mean
0: you were what nineteen, twenty? Yeah, yeah.
1: And so it wasn't until probably. 2015 okay and it kind of happened because I, I needed to break my ties to like how I thought of just my worldview about like religion and it all kind of had to crack at once. yeah yeah and once that did and I kind of I went through a period that I guess I call my atheist period
0: is it like the angry atheist period? That's what I call it. That people Slightly, yeah. yeah the,
1: it's just like no, none of that's real. There is nothing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What do you mean? Like, so
0: I figure I had a big question about it. So I'm an atheist. Uh, do you still consider yourself an atheist? No. No, but so I, I, I know I prefer secular humanist, but the easiest okay, yeah. title is atheist. So yeah. I'm a non-believer, and I was always wondered why i i never went through that like angry atheist phase too hard and i wondered why and what i realized was i realized that i didn't believe in a god when i was 14 Hmm. which is pretty young yeah and a lot of my friends who went through angry atheist phase they they became non-believers in their like early 20s right Mm -hmm. and you're so hard in that like some of them were like almost getting jobs in churches some of them Mm -hmm. were in seminary some of them you know and so it feels like a big betrayal right it feels like a breakup it feels like a adultery it feels like these big these big breaks of like everything i thought was true what like it's like fine yeah you know it's Mm -hmm. like when people find out that their parents are their adoptive parents. You know, like those are big realizations to have when you've spent your whole life believing one thing. And so it makes sense that people are pissed.
1: Yeah, because it's like, (laughs) it's like pulling the curtain. Yeah. Really, or popping the bubble. Yeah. Um, You're like, first of all, our ego, right, identifies with all those beliefs that we've been holding so an attachment to. Yes. And then once you that identity Uh isn't there your ego is like who am I though yeah and to be in that space of who am I I think is probably really scary for like the he I don't know yo absolutely
0: Because we're so identity based yeah. right like yeah. i'm a I'm a christian I'm a yeah uh you know even i we, I mean this whole podcast... I mean, I'm a disc golfer <laughs> I'm a podcaster yeah. that's how we that's how we kind of figure it out and yeah. like you say when you shatter that ego it's really scary but I'm guessing based on the work you do as a massage therapist as um, I, you went to I saw that you went to an herbalist school is that
1: yeah, I was attending it um, earlier this year. I stopped it because I've had so many transitions and yeah, 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 work responsibilities. But
0: for sure. It's, but I, the reason I was, I was just thinking about so you got into this place and you're no longer consider yourself an atheist. So I'm, and I don't want to talk about that. But so I'm guessing that you've learned what I've been learning this last couple years is that you have to shatter the ego to build back up some better some some better semblance of a self yeah um and what a long difficult journey that can be yeah. um i mean i'm in the beginning stage i'm guessing of who knows where i'm at in the journey but i'm guessing i'm in the beginning and it's it's terrifying so but you went through that in your early 20s with the yeah. so with ptsd and diagnosis and becoming uh, a new mom becoming a new mom oh yeah Yeah. you had a child how old were you when you had your first child twins you had twins yeah when you were how old were you um
1: 20 you were actually 21 yeah
0: wow yeah um so that's a bit that's a big deal too yeah um yeah wow uh so yeah but then so here it is should we let's see should we talk about more of the shattering or should we talk about the rebuilding um yeah let's talk can we talk about the uh atheist thing for a sec yeah yeah what was your uh yeah what was your journey through that so did Mm -hmm. you grow up christian
1: not really um i grew up so my grandpa had a bible right Mm-hmm. but the way that he interpreted it was very like new agey.
0: Oh, interesting.
1: So, I was really exposed to like a, a lot of new age content or like occultic yeah. content. Yeah. Um and I even I don't know if you know about Camp Chesterfield.
0: I don't. What is Camp Chesterfield? It's
1: a place over in Chesterfield, like you know, by Anderson. Mm-hmm. And it's like a spiritualist camp and there's like mediums that live there and like I don't believe in that stuff Yeah, like, yeah, people yeah talking I don't believe in that at all, but I was around people who
0: who did claim Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: and so That kind of stuff was always in my life like Chris So you're open cards. to you
0: were you were in some ways born open to it or yeah. raised open to it
1: yeah, and With being in that environment, too, I was obviously exposed to, like, slight Hinduism and just all these different cultural, religious Which is
0: rare around here.
1: Probably. I don't know.
0: Yeah, because it was so natural to you. Okay, let me tell you this. It is rare around here. Uh, I did not know what Hinduism was until I went to college. I did not know Uh, what, you know, I did not know a lot of this stuff. I didn't, I don't know when I realized that there was, like, I was probably way too old to realize that there were other religions <laughs> besides Christianity because I was just around here, right? That's you know, true, yeah. You know, or like my friend, my Jewish friends. I'm like, they laugh because I'm like, I met a Jewish person for the first time when I was 21 years old.
1: Really? Yeah. Like, oh man. Because
0: I wasn't like, where was that gonna, like? Well,
1: around? I got baptized when I was at basic training, Mormon. If whoa. If that tells you anything, like, I, whoa, like I just, yeah. yeah. I've learned a lot when I go in those worlds. That's what I kind of. call It sounds like them. you're
0: willing to go. You're. I'm similar. I yeah. where I'm like. Are you familiar with, like improv? They have the their like whole motto is like yes and like when you're doing improv. Huh. If you and I are doing a scene, I never like shut it down. I say yes, and then I go right, and we. Huh. So you say you're a cop with a weird hat. I'm yes, you are a cop with a weird hat, and I'm a bad guy with a broken leg you know like building on that and that's how I've kind of approached life is yes ending life where if people are like you want to check out this this other church this other religion yeah let's do that yes let's try it Uh, it's not means I'm going to like do it like but I'll go check it out Mm -hmm. or you want to try this new sport you want to try this new food it just because I think so much of my life was no no period it was like it was like no this is a christian town this is mm. a white town this is whatever this is this community is this way yeah. and this is the way it's always going to be and i was like i think there's something else going on um so so you were able to go to yeah, yeah you've been you were baptized in the mormon church <laughs> um yeah i i still do, i'm i'm baffled because there's like this you know like you like you were like military, but then you were like spiritual as camp, and then it's like, yeah, married and had kids when you were super young, mm-hmm. but also like, um, seemed to be open to a lot of things, and so that yeah, so it's, it's a it's a cool du- duality there, and that in a good way. Um, yeah. Oh, so, so you're not Mormon anymore? No. Um.
1: Definitely don't subscribe to (laughs) really any sort of um, religious label. But I would say I lean towards more. I like to learn the teachings and deeper meanings like that Christianity offers.
0: Yeah. You know, like about
1: forgiveness and like grace Mm -hmm. and just like how humans are so connected and that. Everything we do to one another and ourselves has a repercussion on Mm -hmm. both ends, and I just I really love those teachings. Yeah, you know, for how to be a human, like how to be the best evolved form. But then I like um, Islam and all that for like my spiritual kind of fix. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, they all offer me a little bit of something, and
0: yeah, I I think I'm finally getting there too. I I've Yeah, I'm finally getting to that where I'm like, what What is there to learn from these other traditions and these other in these rituals? And I, I'm a big yeah. ritual guy. I love. Really, I love. Yeah, yeah, I love routine. I love rituals. I love. Um, I love doing things for some kind of maybe bizarre or un- inex- inexact me- reason. Just like, yeah, you know, like certain play- people pray five times a day and, and they face yeah. the exact same way and it's like that's really fascinating like that that like okay w- w- what is my version of that what's like mm. the midwestern hick version of that and maybe that's mine's like sitting on the porch and breathing when the dog plays in the yard it's like that it's that version yeah. uh so finding what works you know pick in um yeah. i feel like the our generation i'm putting myself in your generation i might am i'm like almost a decade older than you, but, but,
1: uh, I think we're both millennials though, right? I think so. That as us. I
0: think you're like one of the last millennials probably. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, so yeah. So our generation, let's go with that. Um, I think we'll a lot it it is going to birth a lot of kids who end up like us where they're like weird hobgob, like, uh, versions of spiritual people. Yeah. which is great cuz i think it that'll take us back to um some the way it was in ancient traditions where i've been reading a lot about um about christian mystics.
1: Yeah.
0: Um have do you know Richard Rohr?
1: No, I never. He heard was of.
0: a um he was a franciscan monk um but he was really interested in like the ancient mystics, the ancient christian mystics and how and what in the way religion now Christianity now doesn't isn't like isn't spiritual at all mm-hmm. it's like it's like it's so dualistic it's so like mm-hmm. this is good this is bad mm-hmm. you you go to heaven you go to hell it's all do this don't Very do that
1: black and white
0: yes. yeah yeah it's that and then he's really interested in non-dualism right the widening of the scope and um but yeah so he has this book called The Naked Now okay. and I can I'm happy to let you borrow it if you're interested, but it's about seeing how the how the Christian mystics learning to see how the Christian mystics see and And that's like the main point of it is that everything isn't in this like your team my team Good bad heaven hell like this is this has gotten really out of hand in our culture yeah, uh, well,
1: it's actually something I... Speaking of you, yeah, i really like to talk about this whole black and white thing. because Let's talk
0: about all of it.
1: In my kind of breakthrough in 2015, okay. that's when like my entrepreneur journey started. Okay. So learning all the type of mindset stuff, like all those kinds of things mm-hmm. that it's really going to take to, you know, be someone that owns a business and like sustains other people's income and all that. Yeah. I learned that... <clears throat> About like basically that black and white mindset. It's a mindset. Yes. And it stems from like 500 years ago uh-huh. when, literally, we did have to look to others to see what was right and wrong. Like, yeah. Society was so like ingrained in that way. Hmm. And um, now I think we do have an opportunity. We do. To break free from it. But we do. yeah.
0: And it starts in our individual lives. What are some things that you do that help you kind of, you know, we talked about, we mentioned rituals. Like, what are things that you do on a daily basis that help you kind of avoid that dualistic mind frame and Mm. stay more open?
1: I would say that in general, um, just being mindful that there is a bigger picture, like, Uh That's one thing, but I will be honest, um, a lot of my habits that I've upkept, yeah with the past maybe five years, yeah, I ju- ever since maybe COVID, mm. I just kind of declined in them, but and that's another thing I tried to look at it as not black and white, that it's like so bad that I stopped. I tried to see it as like, okay, that a part season. Of, yeah, that part exactly, that part of my life needs to like die. Like literally yeah and I was actually trying to find like a podcast about like just on trust and like those sorts of yeah. things and like how to have better trust with others and stuff and I ended up coming across the podcast not about trust but about grief okay and she was talking about how you know you can grieve the good and bad in your life yeah and so maybe that's not mm, yeah with those habits kind of ending, mm-hmm. I've not felt too good about myself, but it's because, like, I need to grieve it and let that die. Yeah. And have the opportunity because I'm still alive and able. Yeah. And conscious enough to be like, oh my gosh, like, I want to have these goals. I want to accomplish this. So yes. here's what I need to do too.
0: Yeah. Well, the, it sounds, yeah, like you're what we have problems with is like, is things get so narrow. So it's like, if it's Mm -hmm. not, if you're not doing exactly your practice, it's like, my practice is really wide, Mm -hmm. you know? So like grieving a loss of some practices is part of your practice.
1: Yeah.
0: And, um, yeah, and that's, yeah, and, you know, and what is work? What are, what is like meaningful work is so wide, you know? Yeah. Doing the, making the minis with your boyfriend that's 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 work that's good meaningful work no matter if you make a million dollars no matter you know it uh, it doesn't matter you know um and taking the time to grieve that's good meaningful work i had to do that and uh i had a big uh people that listen to this are sick of hearing this but like (laughs) i had a big uh mental breakdown in the spring right before covid actually right when covid started mm-hmm. so on april 1st of 2020 okay um i was hospitalized um for my mental illness and while i was in the hospital my wife left me and it was also two weeks into covid uh and so it is it is one of those things where you're like Oh, so I've had to completely. I wasn't able to like work in a traditional sense because I was grieving the loss of my mm-hmm. wife. I was learning to manage my illness, uh, yeah. so I couldn't work in a traditional sense. But I had to realize that um, sometimes sleeping twelve, thirteen hours a day was work for me. That's yeah. what I needed to do. That is what I needed to put in to restore my brain
1: to heal. Yeah,
0: uh, to heal exactly. Um, and you know the the Midwestern farmer grandchild in me uh has a hard time with that sometimes right because it's like if you're not out doing work getting your hands dirty that's not work you know and it's like no that's not that i've spent my whole life trying to avoid that you know but somehow my mindset always that's my default setting so uh that's why i asked about practice um because i whatever your practice is i just think it's so important to have uh like I've gotten really into meditation. Have you ever, do you do meditation or did you?
1: It's really important, yeah. And yeah. I wouldn't say that I have a really good meditation practice right now.
0: Mm, that's okay.
1: But one thing that I would say I do habitually is like shower. And I look at showering as like sort of a baptism. Yeah. That's my time where I do allow myself to meditate Wow. Think of new yeah. creative ideas, mm-hmm. those sorts of things. So
0: I like that. Again, that's thinking outside the re- regular parameters. Like you don't have to sit on one of those goofy pillows and cross your legs to meditate. I mean, no. you can. That's fine. Yeah. And it is a it's long, great ancient. <laughs> yeah, and it's a, and it is an ancient tradition. That's fine. Yeah. But another ancient tradition is bathing. Another ancient tradition is eating. Is mm-hmm. um, and so in those moments. How are we being present and being mindful? Yeah, It's the same work. It's, yeah, that's awesome. Um, I never thought about the shower as that space. It makes sense. Are you a hot or cold shower person?
1: Super hot.
0: Super hot. So it's almost like a sauna in some ways.
1: And that's my other thing. You like saunas? Is I have a membership um, that my gym has a sauna. and Nice. With like my PTSD, I have constant like body tension. yeah. And when I go in there, it like zaps it from my body. I just feel so loose and calm, and yeah, it's a great uh, physical practice. Yes. hmm
0: Um. Yeah, and I, I haven't done it much, but I, I, a podcaster I really like, uh, who's a comedian, I really like Pete Holmes. Heard of he has a really great podcast That I think you would dig uh, Called uh, You Made It Weird hmm. And on You Made It Weird he It started with comedians And then he got really into a lot of the stuff we're talking about And he started hmm. inviting spiritual teachers on as well And so oh. it's a podcast where One week you'll have like One week you'll have like Kumail Nanjani, Someone like that, a comedian like that And then the next week you'll have like Richard Rohr Who's like a spiritual, like a monk He'll come on and they'll talk about the same, they're always talking about the same thing, like how we communicate with each other, how we uh, how we better ourselves, how, what, what are we doing here? They always have that, whether he's talking to a comedian or a spiritual leader, and I really like that. Um, but he, the reason I thought of it was he uh, swears by the sauna. He has a sauna in his yard, I and mean, he's rich, he's like a yeah. Hollywood guy. So he has a sauna at his house, and he says that like, that feeling of coming out of it is like a sort of like a birth, like where you're you're like being born again every time you come out of that sauna in a lot of ways. Do you feel that way? I love it. Yes.
1: I love it when I'm in there and I can tell other people don't get, they're not in there for the same kind of like thing I am because they're in there for either their muscles, you can tell or like some other health purpose and I'm like, no, I'm getting rid of anxiety.
0: Oh, you're you're it's brain oriented. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's great. It's so important to find those spaces.
1: Yeah, I um, think so
0: too. When you mentioned the muscle tension thing, it couldn't, I couldn't help but think of your work as a massage therapist, mm-hmm. um, and how so. A lot of people probably come to you for muscle for body tension, mm-hmm. right? 100%. And a lot of the things that you deal with yourself yeah Um, is that kind of why you got into it
1: no um, I got into it because I was certified in and I still am nutritional science and health and wellness okay and that was just not practical or um, hands-on enough for me and I really wanted to take what I learned from those certifications Uh and my own experience in healing and Directly be a part of that and tr- Facilitating their healing and yeah. as I've done this and I've gone through school and I've kind of Ventured and have found my niche. Yeah, I have realized that um, a lot of people are coming To me. Yes, they have body tension. Mm-hmm but most people have been through something in their life that has caused them to have a cer a set of behaviors and those behaviors transform into that person's mannerisms, mm-hmm. how they sit, you know, their posture, yeah. how they sleep at night. Yeah. Et cetera. And that's what's causing the tension. Mm-hmm. And so to go in and work with the nervous system, which yeah. is that fight or flight, you is know. Is this
0: related to roughing? I'm sorry if I'm is
1: I'm not, sir. I'm not um, educated in that. Okay, but I do know about like the schooling. My
0: mom's been going to a rawer, and it sounds like a lot Mm. of what she's working on. So that's the only reason I. Yeah.
1: Well, maybe I should look into it too. You should. Yeah.
0: But I don't know anything about it. But 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 it sounded similar. So about the nervous system. Yeah. Yeah.
1: And so. I really am looking at I'm in an observation period right now okay because I'm working I work at massage Heights which is like a spa so I see a lot of clients and I'm building my clientele right now but I'm really looking to observe on that like nervous system level the emotional level and the right clients I they you know, I attract them sure sure and so those are the ones that I'm really look like just the other day um, a client Told me that he was an alcoholic Okay, and that he'd really like outside of the massage like to work on some of those deeper Yeah emotional things and I'm like sweet, you know, and all I had to do was be Present "Yeah." yeah, and that was awesome. And so I really know that that's, like, kind of what I'm supposed to be doing right now. Yeah. That's my main, like, passion and interest. It seems
0: like you keep wanting to get deeper and deeper, right? It's like nutrition, and then the massage is, like, literally. You said it was funny because you said I wanted something more hands-on, and literally it's more hands-on, right? Literally. And and then it's like you can't get deep enough with the hands, so you want to get to the nervous system. Um, I love that as a, a metaphor. But also as kind of a real thing as well, right? Yeah, like, yeah. Um, so, what is uh, what is Mas- what is massage school like nowadays? Like, what did you? What kind of schooling did you have to do?
1: I loved it. Yeah, I would say best environment that I could have gone to. I went to Indiana Wellness College. Okay. And they were like rated, not to like brag, but kind of to brag. They were rated number one in nice. the nation while I was going there, and.
0: And then after you went there, it went downhill. uh,
1: No, no, they're really good. Um, They expanded also. So now they do like esthetician stuff. And yeah, Um, but Indiana, I think, requires like 650 hours to uh, get licensed. And I did a 900-hour program. So there's that. I had a little bit more hours and... um, yeah, we did, like, clinic work, so every weekend I did clinic. Okay. Um, yeah.
0: Well, but it was a lot of hands-on time. It was a lot of... Every day, Every yeah. day. The
1: first portion of the day would always be lecture. Okay. Um, and that had to do with, like, anatomy and physiology and whatever information about, like, say, Swedish or deep mm-hmm. tissue or Thai or yeah. whatever massage it was. That would be, like... Uh, that part of it and then the second portion of the day would always be hands-on learning how to do those techniques yeah and, um learning like the contraindications areas to stay away from or like yeah yeah
0: we practicing on each other at first yep and then mm-hmm. is it one of those things was it one of those places where like i could go and get like a discounted massage yep. from a student yep yeah that's fun yeah, that's, I always think, I always enjoyed doing that. I had a friend who was in beauty school, and I, for years, I she cut, or, like, the two years she was in it, like, she just, I'd be like, go to town, do whatever you want. One time she <laughs> gave me a mohawk, it was back when I had hair. That's awesome. But she gave me a mohawk with steps in the side. Um,
1: that's awesome. And
0: and I would just be like, whatever you thought you want to do, just do it. Um, And it was fun. And, you know, or, like, in my, uh... In my poverty, I've gone to uh, dental schools as well. <laughs> like, cause that you can do the same thing there. Oh, yeah, yeah, I actually can, yeah. I you can go. Get, you can go get some. Cheap, you can go get some cheap work done. I um, didn't do
1: it for price. I did it because I'm so afraid of the dentist, and that. You'd was like,
0: rather go to a student?
1: Heck yeah, because they're like right in their pro. They're like right learning about it. So
0: they're probably being a little soft with it.
1: Yeah, my um, dentist was old.
0: <laughs> but. But I but I think it, it but in a serious way too, I think it's a great way to going to those things is a great way to give live bodies to Yeah. Uh to I like these two on my elbows I have Texas on one elbow and Indiana on the other. Yeah. And an apprentice at the Elwood tattoo shop, native ink tattoo, Mallory Helpling, she's like nineteen yeah. and she just started up there. She did these. These That's were like awesome. some of the first like doesn't in, I in think the first, really and yeah. And, the, like and she's too. just like, I'm doing lines right now. Does anyone want like cheap tattoos? And I was like, Yep, yeah, let's do it. Like, practice on me. <laughs> like, and I, and that is a fun way to it's that yes and the spirit. That's what I like, yeah, why not? Like, if I can't come up with a good reason for why not, like, what then I'm gonna do it, <laughs> you know? Yeah, and I
1: like minimalistic stuff, like yeah, that. So yeah, it's really
0: cool. Thank you, but yeah, I so that's cool that you had that opportunity. Um, so that's So that's kind of I guess if we had to point like day job wise it Is the massage therapist stuff But you have a lot of things going on yeah, A lot I of do. interest But you're kind of seeing them Eventually You're still very young So like Emerging into Sounds like too Like you're interested in like Therapy Like the therapy aspect of massage therapy Like the talk therapy aspect of it Yeah so. And behavioral therapy
1: Right now, I kind of want to get into what's called TRE, and I won't be facilitating any form of talking at all. Okay. It works directly with the person's nervous system. Okay. And <clears throat> basically, you know an opossum? Yeah. You know what happens when a threat...
0: I love that you called it an opossum, that you said it correctly. Yeah. No one says that. <laughs> That's great. I love it. Go ahead. Yes. Um, what happens?
1: When a threat... When they're, like, threatened, they, like, play dead? Yeah. Well, when the threat has left and they, like, are cool, Mm -hmm. they stand up and, like, convulse. Yes. Well, they've, like, zoomed in on that. Mm -hmm. And they know that what it's doing is, like, the motion of running. Yep. And they, from that, they've understood that. All beings have a natural expulsion process of like trauma You have to finish the cycle. Mm -hmm. It's the Yeah. So I want to facilitate that for people and it's called TRE. TRE, okay. Yep. And it basically is like if you chose to do it, you'd be in full control. But getting your body tired and into that state where it can convulse Uh naturally yeah that's what it's doing and it's how it was explained to me is like a natural dusting off of your nervous system so you don't have to have been through some major trauma but if you have it's great yeah but it's just like something you can do daily to put up with we're already going to be stressed because life's going to yeah. keep happening. Yeah, so and trauma not? is
0: relative too. Like, so like mm-hmm. someone could have yeah. had what you and I might consider a minor trauma, but yep. to them,
1: it's major. It's yep. major. Yep.
0: And exactly. and to their body, to their nervous system, exactly. it's major. And that energy is made. I actually, I just sound like such a nerd. I actually read a book about this recently. That's awesome. Um, and it's called "Waking the Tiger."
1: okay never healing
0: trauma it. by by philip levine and you should read it yes. and um i'm going to send you home with a stack of books and yes. um and the thing about this book that i love is he's kind of pioneering this way of thinking that it's that his example they use at the beginning of the book is there's a uh there's some deer like in in africa that like when it gets scared it jumps straight up in the air and then lands stiff and falls over and that's and then it gets up really? and it runs. It went because yeah. whatever's after it doesn't care about like some stiff, it mimics like a stiff, dead animal. So it's playing dead. And yeah, it's playing dead. And then, but then when it comes out of it, it doesn't just like we do. When we come out of trauma, we try to brush it off. We try to just like, we're fine, fine. Yeah. That wasn't a big deal. It finishes the cycle, right? And he, and so yeah. he says that what, and it's related to me because I have uh, part of my diagnosis is, uh, intermittent explosive disorder so i'd have these okay. rage attacks is a yeah. simple way to say it and they would come out of nowhere and they they'd be way for no reason and it's just like and i didn't remember they would just happen and i wouldn't remember them i'd black out and which is very scary for everyone involved and and we were like what is going on and part of it was that i had and we're still uncovering it and still resolving it but it's that it made a lot of sense with his book because something happened where I was frightened and defensive and then I was told to suck it up and move on Mm -hmm. and I so I sucked it up and moved on Mm -hmm. but that so every time something spooks me I'm like here I am I'm ready to fight because that's what I should have done then and should have processed through in that moment Um, and yeah and so it's about finishing yeah finishing that cycle and so that's something else I'm talking about practices I've tried to that's why I think physical things are so uh, disc golf for me is actually a big one yeah um, is it's the motion of it the like obviously the throwing motion but just the walking through a course like that's a cycle right we're finishing yeah. a cycle of a thing and 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 that just really resonates with me and sits well with me yeah. um, as I'm doing my own form of healing yeah so um, yeah. Uh, yeah, so I, I was interested. It's funny, I, cause I don't like, I was like trying, it's funny trying to come up with I, things to talk about based on someone's Facebook page. It feels really like not fair. And so, but you did have something on there about eating compassionately, and you yep. said that you're no longer a vegetarian, but yep. you were.
1: I was vegan. You yeah, were vegan for a year and a half. For mm-hmm.
0: a year and a half. Yep. Um, yeah, what, uh, how, how did that, how does being vegan, I've never been vegan, I've been vegetarian, uh, how does that relate to what we've been talking about, about oh, our nervous systems and our oh, expanding yeah. our kind of world views? Um, how, how did that kind of play into it? Yeah,
1: so um, at the time I was working at like a smoothie juice bar on the west side of the nice and one of my coworkers <clears throat> had mentioned to me that like one of the main reasons why dairy and meat is so a part of our diet is because during the great depression the government subsidized those companies mm-hmm. to create more jobs and such and create more of a staple in our food that made it more like this is what we're getting yes. normally and me being someone that's like i'm not i wouldn't say i'm anti-government but i'm kind of like government yeah 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 um and you're, sca- like, you're
0: skeptical i'm like
1: i'm not doing it then <laughs> yeah
0: oh it was that was related to the, okay that's interesting so,
1: right but i also had developed from like major stress yeah um cystic acne and heart palpitations and like gut issues so i felt like Being vegan also would have helped those things, and it did. I cleared up my skin majorly. Yeah. Like, at one point, I had 36 cysts on my face. Wow. It was really, really bad. Like, I couldn't eat a lot of things like broccoli, and sometimes it still upsets my stomach, but I, like, healed a lot of things going on from going vegan. From
0: going vegan.
1: The reason why I'm not anymore is because I found myself... and. I'm sure you're going to be so on board with what I'm about to say, like understanding is I just found myself in another matrix. Yeah. Right. Like it's just another label. It was just another thing that I was living by that I had to live by. Yeah. And I was like, and also I had a friend at the time who was also vegan and she like had seizures and little by little she's been adding meat back into her diet having less seizures so then that kind of spooked me out that like we actually even if at one point we did eat like primates and we ate mostly fruit and vegetables like we've at least evolved to the point where now it's normal for us to and like we probably need to you know what I'm saying so I went through this whole realization like it brought me through a tunnel of like learning deeper aspects of health Mm -hmm. but on the flip side i saw where i was being completely unhealthy as well as like judgmental like actually when i was still vegan is right around the time and sam and i sam and i have known each other since middle school yeah
0: yeah but like i want to talk d- about your relationship to elwood before yeah. we end cuz okay. i think there's a lot yeah. of stuff but
1: and he like mentioned that when we first reconnected again mm-hmm. and i was still vegan like I'm not. I was not the same person I am now. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. In a good way, like I'm much more open-minded and like. Not that I didn't like people or that I was like totally judgmental, but when it came to the veganism yeah. matrix,
0: yeah,
1: I was in it. So yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. It's funny how even good things, and I would call veganism, it's a good move. Like, because yeah. it is. You, you if you can it really do it, is. if it's healthy. It really is good for a lot of things. It's good for you. It's good for the environment. It's good for animals. It's... Yeah. Um, but but it is funny how even good things like that can become these identity capes that we put on. Yeah. and And it puts us in... A, now we're in another... Here's another camp. It's vegans yeah. versus meat eaters. And it's like... Yep. What? How, like... Wow. Um, you hungry? No. I'm processing digesting. my food. I'm digesting. And... um. <laughs> Uh no, cause I I I ate meat. I had some chicken. <laughs> uh, well that's the thing. I like, I for a long time, especially with my ex wife, she was on again off again vegetarian, yeah. and um so we just did this thing uh for the six years we were together where we didn't have meat in the house, mm-hmm. and it was just like when we went out we'd have burgers whatever we want to do like, but just at the house that was just our not rule but just the kind of the lifestyle Lifestyle, and it was cheaper. It was how it was healthier that. And so I kind of carried that on. But then, um, what I've started, I wanted to get a better relationship with the food. Mm -hmm. And so I started doing this, like, uh, eating every three hours from like 9am to 9pm. I Mm -hmm. eat like a small thing every three hours. Mm -hmm. And so for dinner, I have like the easiest thing to do is to have a chunk of chicken and mm-hmm. different a couple of veggies and that's what and it's just and so i'm like well i guess i'll do chicken at home now you know but like yeah the that's the season i'm in you know yeah, um I agree. and uh you know or recently i did that with alcohol i don't know your relationship to alcohol but for me with all the mental health and the meds and i was just like finally like i shouldn't be drinking and this isn't and so i you know about almost two months ago just was like no i'm done and i've haven't had a problem, I mean, I have beer in the fridge, but um, but it is one of those things like when I have the moment where I'm like it's it's safe, it's good, everything seems fine, and someone's like, Let's go grab a beer, I'll probably do it like for my birthday yeah. in two years, <laughs> you know, or like a mo- like at someone's wedding, you know, yeah. I'm not gonna again, yes, ending life where I'm like, yeah, but when I'm just like hanging around here, I don't need a beer, you know, I got my perrier um is it good it is good i you can have one if you'd like um uh yeah they're yeah they're good dollar general special um well great uh well yeah and so we're we've been chatting for over an hour yeah um which i'm always surprised when i look up and i'm like oh yeah um but so I don't want to keep you too much longer. But I did want to talk to your relationship with Elwood because you recently moved back. Um, we didn't know each other growing up because I'm like we've established I'm a little bit older than you, and uh, but you were were you like you were here for a while and then did you move to Indies like in high school or something? Is that what it was?
1: Um, so I was actually born on the south side of Indy. Okay, that's where I'm from. And so my grandpa raised me. I never met my dad and stuff until literally last year. met okay. him, went to Vegas and stuff to meet him. Um, so my grandpa raised me. And when I was eight years old, he got a divorce to the woman he had been married to, like, my whole life pretty much. Uh-huh. And after that, he was going to that Camp Chesterfield place. And he met a woman that was also going there. And they started dating, and um, she's from Elwood, actually. Okay. And um, her dad died, and she had made a promise to her dad that, like, she would stay and take care of her mom. Okay. So we pretty much all moved to Elwood when I was, like, at that point, 10. Yeah. So I finished out fifth grade and had been in Elwood ever since. Oh, okay. Yeah, until I was about... um, Seventeen, you know when I,
0: when you graduated, um, or when you enlist, mm-hmm, when you enlisted, yep, you went to Andy.
1: Um, after I did basic training, I came back and like went to Noblesville High School. Okay, but I, I would say
0: I thought I saw some yeah, other schools. Yeah,
1: yeah, but I never actually finished like Noblesville. I ended up graduating when I moved back here. I did a program. That enabled me to like get my high school diploma okay it was really cool too because I got to speak at the graduation and stuff nice. and
0: yeah uh, well yeah I'm just interested again there's uh-huh. this duality about you that's really fascinating and I feel it in myself where like um where like it's like the like we mentioned are like the military thing but then the spirituality thing like those are in in common thought are kind of different very different like in common thought you know but then but then you're like oh i'm like, i played clarinet in the in the you know is that right in, yeah yeah and in the military and i was like oh okay so then the, there's just so much texture going on and so i'm curious too about your like you were in noblesville and new you york. were around huh new york and new york
1: yep when i got out of the military at 19 new I'm, york city yeah okay i did
0: See, it just adds to it this is yeah. just i'm fascinated
1: yeah, I moved to New York at nineteen, okay. and I had nothing. I literally went with nothing because that relationship I was in that I mentioned, mm-hmm. where I got married and stuff, it was just really toxic, obviously. And he threw away all my stuff.
0: Uh-huh.
1: I I literally had nothing anymore.
0: Yeah.
1: Um. So I went there just like on a whim. I didn't really know what I was expecting. R- nothing at all, kind of.
0: Yeah.
1: Um but i really loved it and i did kind of a whole cliche finding yourself i didn't know that's what i was doing yeah but i did so many different jobs and just like found myself like i got into so many things like some kind of tragic stuff happened when i lived in new york too yeah um like i'm okay about it now but i was raped when i lived in new york so that was like pretty major and um like transformative and like not good way but i also had my and not from the person that raped me right but i had my twins yeah yeah and um so that was a really good thing because i've always wanted twins and boy and girl yeah and yeah um and so we lived in connecticut for three years too wow yeah
0: wow so yeah so there's there's so that's what i mean like and i was like went to austin yeah uh, for six years i was in a i was in a uh masters of fine arts program for poetry really uh yeah in austin yeah and people That's are like dope. you like kid from out El- like what That's
1: dope. like how
0: did that happen and it's like there's something about the way people like us experience or and i think it's part of that yes and you're like well shit i'm in this i don't have any things and i'm 19 mm-hmm. yes i'll go to the big apple you know like and it was just kind of like yeah that's how i i was um i'd gotten divorced yeah uh the first time and i was like i don't know i worked at the elementary school moved back here worked at elementary school for a year or two yeah um and then the, a gal I was seeing was like, hey, I'm moving to Austin to go to grad school. And I was like, I guess I'll try to go to grad school in Austin. I don't even – I didn't even really know what it was. I didn't know how cool it was. I didn't know anything about it. <laughs> I, I said, I'll go. Yeah. and um, Yeah, let's go. And so I, I went. And uh, that's where eventually there I – so I went to grad school. I went to – I uh, while in grad school, I met a playwright named Diana who I, met, who I married. who's my second wife. And she, after she graduated from uh, her playwriting program, she went to seminary. So then we lived at a a Presbyterian seminary for three years. Yeah. And so, um, but then we come back, you and I come back with all these experiences with these scars and with these, and with these uh, revelations. And and then we come back to Elwood. That's like Elwood. And we know, and I love Elwood. I have, I love it, but I also hate it. I have both I had it like it well, they both honestly I'm exist. in my
1: duality of Elwood right now to and I'm be trying to honest. find where's
0: that middle what's the
1: I'm okay I'm feeling let's like, talk about um, it yeah I feel like the middle for me is starting to be I'm allowed to be whoever I want to and Elwood has a maybe and this is just my opinion mm-hmm. maybe it's from growing up here Maybe it just has a way that makes you feel like once you have a reputation, that's it. You know? Yeah. And for me, it doesn't matter. Like, I'm starting to learn. It doesn't matter because my experiences make me who I am. What Mm -hmm. I've learned from them make me who I am and who I choose to be every day. Yeah. Same for you, right? Yeah. Who we choose to be every day. Is who we are and so I think just being like safe and calm in who I am and like realizing that other people are gonna like that and like who I am and yeah. like being calm in that and just yeah I think that's been helping me see that like this is a really good place and has a lot of opportunity and like mm. I like that everyone is so close knit
0: yeah, yeah, uh yeah, for me it was I had to adjust my expectations hmm. I kept wanting people i I kept wanting people to see the things I saw or change the way I've changed or yeah. grow and everyone's on their own timeline it's not yeah. linear, it's not um it's not and it's not even like mine's right, it's like that yeah. that's right for me yeah, and so. Uh, instead of worrying about the ways they're not meeting my expectations, I've yeah. been trying to celebrate. That's one of the reasons I like doing this podcast. It's one of the reason uh, why I like the disc golf community, um, is it's a celebration of the things people are doing that are positive. And it's like my, my ex, uh, my ex wife, Diana had a, had a, uh, has a great play called house play and there's a there's a line in that that always resonates with me that i'm pretty sure she wrote about me but um is uh is it, haven't we all been punished enough and it was at the it was at the end of the it was at the end of the play is like haven't we all been punished enough and when the character says that and i and i really resonate with that where like i think we like the world's going to kick the shit out of us mm. um so i need to quit kicking the shit out of people Metaphorically speaking, ah, yeah. uh, because uh, the world's doing it enough, and I need to be, I need to be the one to celebrate them and to be there to, and so that I think is the middle ground. Is like hmm. I see well, I agree. the negatives, but I, but I'm choosing to celebrate the positives. Yeah, um, yeah, and I, yeah, so, so what? How? Yeah, so you're back here in town though, uh, and you're seeing opportunity and you have this new perspective on it um yeah yeah. what do you you like how you feel being back
1: i really want to open up a store here
0: yeah like what should should Um, we go into business together i'll do the i'll do books and yeah uh, disc golf discs and you do (laughs) that would
1: be pretty that would be actually really dope because i'm seeing it sort of like i want to mix both disc golf Since there is a larger community of that here, so I know I'd be able to like help people out with that and provide some value in people's lives with like disc golf stuff. Uh But I also like, and I also would like to do like what I'm passionate about and like bring that a little bit here, like smoothies and juice, because I do have a juice business. Oh, and (laughs) you and you hustle. You're
0: a hustler. I love it. It's called Juiced Up. G step.
1: Yeah. So um I think that would be really cool and you know, Sam's a really good cook. So we'd have like some snack stuff. Yeah. And that's kind of what I foresee.
0: Yeah, that's awesome. Uh, yeah. And I think what the, I think this is the problem. I don't have an entrepreneurial spirit. I have like a I have a I'm a people person and so yeah, that's you're all you're great
1: I, at talking. That's
0: all I want to well thank you. And that's all I want to do. And but it's like and I don't it's like, do you wanna put ads on the, you know, it'll ask me all the time, do you wanna put ads on this? And I'm like, No, I don't want to. And <laughs> I don't wanna deal with it. Uh, and it's like, Oh, why don't you do this? And, it's to, and sell it. And I was like, I'd rather just give it to people. Like I'm the same way with my poems. I just my last book I just made and I gave it to people and I said, If there's something you wanna give me in exchange, you can but you don't have to. Uh so I had people I had people uh like at my book the book party I did, I made these That's books awesome. myself and I and we really uh, we had like a party and I did a reading and then I said, uh, bring something that you want to trade me for the book. So people brought cool. me a six pack, people brought me a homemade coupon for dog sitting, people people brought me a book actually that Waking the Tiger book yeah. about healing trauma. Someone brought me that book Sweet. in exchange. Someone brought me their their newest album that they made. Um, and I was like, this is way better than money. And so that's where I come from. So I have a hard time with, like, I have all these ideas for, like, what I want to make is a community s- space. And, okay. and of course, it will need to make money. But, so you guys can cover that part. I want, like, <laughs> where can where is a space that people can come, the people of Elwood that are a little more thoughtful, a little more social, a little more, Mm outsidery that need Mm -hmm. that space and um uh and that's yeah so it's always been it's like so what is there is less important to me than who is there you know what i mean um so that's how but yeah that we need something we continue to need stuff like that um that's awesome um well um robin uh I always end the episodes by, we'd have a gratitude moment okay. where we each share something we're grateful for today. Okay. Um, you, I don't have to explain gratitude to you and I don't have to explain why it's important. Um, <laughs> but as I always say, is that I just think it's really important multiple times a day to just take a second to be like, to just be glad I'm still here and that, and that you're still here and all that good stuff. So yeah. um, would you like to go first? You want me to?
1: Sure. I can go first.
0: You want to go first? Yeah. What's something you're grateful for today, Robin?
1: Um, I'm really grateful that um, this is, like, the start of a friendship. Oh, well, thank
0: you. I feel the, the same way.
1: I have kind of struggled. Like, I've been back here for three years. And, of course, like, with, you know, as we both, like, can totally relate, moving away and, like, just bringing these new perspectives and all this, it can be kind of lonely when yes. not everyone is like having those same conversations with you or relating yeah, to yeah, how you feel about yeah. these subject matters. Yeah. And so I'm really grateful that, um, you know, you're a good person and invited me to do this. Thank and you. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Well, I'm, thanks for coming. Um, I'm grateful today of the, that I'm finally in a mental state where I can, uh, reliably and regularly do meaningful work. Um, like, like yeah. this podcast um like i recently took over the saturday morning doubles for the elwood disc golf club really yeah and so Sweet. like i never i always wanted Look to do that but i i always wanted to but i knew i wasn't stable enough okay to yeah. like where i could consistently do but now i know i can um the one i'm excited about is today i met with a guy um who runs a hospice center to be a hospice volunteer and to, uh, go and sit with people in hospice, and just spend and just be present with people, and spend time with people who are at the end of their lives. Yeah. Um, and I'm excited that I can. I'm grateful that I can finally do stuff like that again. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, Robin, thank you for being here.
1: Thank you for having me. Thanks
0: for doing this. This is wonderful. One last piece of gratitude before we go. I want to say thanks again to our guests for being on this show, and thanks y'all for listening and hopefully sharing and following along. Um, And I also want to say thanks, as always, to Landon Caldwell, a.k.a. Creeping Pink, for letting us use his song uh, Free Yourself as the opening track, and Derek Crownover for letting us use his piece Float as the cover image for the podcast. So thanks to everyone who has any part in this, who supports this, uh, and thank you for being here.